Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. You're not really supposed to tell people how much you like sex if you are a prostitute, but I, I love it. I love this job. I finally just ripped the band-aid and went for it. I have to tell you this virgin story. Okay, okay. One of my favorite virgin stories was this kid only had a budget for like 30 minutes max and I was being generous because it was his birthday. Are you having orgasms? Are you getting off? If someone's touching me and if I like someone enough to put my physical personal body all over them, if I don't have an orgasm during the session, I masturbate to it later. Now, the big question. Let's talk about the money. I cannot not ask you. What I prep people with is we have six, five, four, and three figure experiences available. Luxurious experiences cost luxurious prices. Stuff is available for almost any budget. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Well, you guys, this is probably going to be one of my most exciting Saturday interviews. I am over the moon about interviewing this person, and I feel like I've uncovered this huge secret, and I get to share this story, and I'm so excited, curious, and honored all at the same time. Okay, Curious Girl Diaries listeners, get ready for the tea because it's going to be served up piping hot. The Female Sex Podcaster Group is an amazing group of women, and I've been able to make some great friendships and have deep, deep respect for the women out there who create content for the sexuality genre. I was speaking to a friend the other day, and after speaking with her, I just was, we were catching up, and I wanted to see how things had been going in her life, and one thing leads to another, and what comes out, you guys, that she has been working in a legal brothel in Nevada. What? My jaw just dropped and I asked her on the spot if she would agree to let me interview her. Well, she said, yes, guys. So without further ado, welcome Luna to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Layla, thank you so much for having me. I am uh, tickled pink that you said you're over the moon. <laughs> I am. I know. It's, oh, there was no pun intended there. <laughs> but I love moons. <laughs> I know. I know you do. Last time I spoke to you, you were bumping along through life. 
we were telling each other about dealing with relationships. We're focused on our creative goals for our life and our business. Where did the road for you turn and how did you (laughs) end up working in a brothel? Okay. So first of all, I'm honored to be here. I love Curious Girl Diaries and this is the first time that I have talked about this publicly. So here we go. Here's that we're <laughs> stepping onto the roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so honored. Yeah. So I had always thought about becoming a legal courtesan, specifically working at a brothel. I know that it's not the dream that a lot of people want their young daughters to have. But from the time that I learned what a prostitute was, you know, in various ways, I watched Pretty Woman. I saw these other things. And I was like, so they get to have sex? I always wanted to have sex from the time I was a very young kid. I was just like waiting to be old enough to have it. And I was kind of a nerdy teen. I didn't really realize that like you could have sex as a teenager. For some reason, I got it in my head that I had to wait. I mean, whatever kind of religion. But I was so tiptoeing around the idea for so many years. And I just kept thinking like, wait, you could get money? And have sex? Like, those are two of my favorite things, and it would be very clear. And you're not really supposed to tell people how much you like sex if you are a prostitute, but I, I love it. I love this job. I finally just ripped the Band-Aid and went for it because I ended up getting COVID in the summer of 2021, and that was just a, a full stop moment. Couldn't move, lost a whole – like, it was. I was just, like, down for the count. I had not been that sick since I had mono when I was 16, And I was like looking at my life and I was like, I'm really fulfilled artistically in a lot of ways, but I don't have consistency and I have a lot of curiosity, a lot of unexplored bucket list items. And that's where then finding your content and that influence, I'm like, well, what what are the reasons that are stopping me? And this like fully down for the count, just like exhausted, tired state. And I realized it was just stigma. I was just afraid of what if my parents found out, what if these things, but I'm not actually shy. And like, I'm the sexiest person in my friend group, literally zero of my friends who I've told, and I've told a lot of them were surprised. They were just like, oh, uh, cool. How is that? You know, of course people are very interested. So yeah, I actually did end up finding a friend. I was kind of admitting how I had been thinking about this idea for so long and almost did it in April, 2019. Really glad I didn't sign up for brothel without a very much experience. I did a lot more research, started to learn more about the sex industry, and then it was like divine timing. I happened to meet a friend who said she also had a money kink because I finally discovered I have a money kink and I have a service kink. And so I was like, could I just take care of people and help them experience the transcendent sex that I've experienced at the hand of other lovers and then like connect with them and learn about them and also make money to fund all my art projects. So that's kind of the origin story. Thank you. I love all that. Where are you working? And I'm just curious, why did you choose that particular brothel? So I work at Sherry's Ranch. It is one of the closest brothels to Las Vegas. So it's just about an hour outside of Vegas. Chicken Ranch is technically like a hair closer, but we are right next door to each other. I picked Sherry's because I did a ton of research. I looked at all of the websites. I read a ton of stuff. And originally when I first became aware of brothels, the woman who told me that they existed in the first place, I had been shooting an independent film and she was a lady that I was staying with. And she gave me this book called Legal Tender. And it was actually written by a former madam of Sherry's. It's the one who precedes our current house mom. And so I read that book and... 
got a feel for the place and then did a lot of research and looking at the different websites, Sherry's has a vibe that's just a little bit friendlier. Like I remember they had a stick figure menu that made me laugh and it was very different from the kind of like, hey, you know, at some of the other ranches, it's very much selling that like, this is sex and we're going to have it. (laughs) And that's great for a lot of people. But what attracts me to touching people is kind of dropping into a time and space that is authentic and real where we just share whatever is magical and special just for us. Yes. Perfect. So do you consider yourself an escort, call girl, sex worker? I mean, any of these terms? No. So those to me all connote what we call independent work, which I have not done. I'm very legal. I love all things legal and consensual. Call girls, escorts, they tend to be independent people who just like work out in the regular world. I am an official card-carrying courtesan. I have to go to the sheriff's office in Nye County once a quarter and pay $150 to get my legal courtesan card. They take our picture. We sit there. Anyone who's coming in to get concealed carry weapons, I think they must know that we're just a bunch of prostitutes waiting to get our card. So I like the word prostitute. You're sitting there next to all the gun-toting, concealing carry, like NRA-loving people. And I I love those people too. Actually, I don't mind. You know, I, I have nothing against all that. But I'm saying like, what a juxtaposition. (laughs) It's really funny. And because I'm me and because I look at people, I'm a person wherever I go, people respond to me as an authority and I'm chatty. Like I'll chat up people. Last time I was there, I gave a man a lesson in actually, no, don't call the woman who works here behind the window who's a captive. Like she don't hit on her. Don't do it. You know, I gave him a little mini lesson and then he was clearly very lonely and I, I had to let him know. I was like, all right, the end of your free lesson is over. And now if you want to hire me as a creative consultant right. or like a social coach, those are my rates. And he's like, oh, right. it's too expensive. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, I've chatted with also people. It's attached to the jail. So also there's people waiting to go. So yeah, it's lots of prostitute adventures. But- it's very fun. But I love to be called a whore personally. And that's okay. not not everyone does. That is part of my kink. Like I fucking love it. And so I like like dirty little whore or just like in the bedroom or just in general. Like like I love being like I'm a whore. You dirty little whore. (laughs) I love it because like people, I'm like, yes, I am. I finally pursued my life dream of becoming a prostitute. And you know what? It's amazing. I'm so happy there. I am appreciated for my full self in these ways that I'm I scare people in the rest of the world because I'm so horny and enthusiastic and like loving, but there at Sherry's Ranch, those are my main strengths and people, I get to just like love people and enjoy them and have fun. But yeah, so officially I'm a legal courtesan. I like the word prostitute. Not everyone does. It's very personal and there's also a lot of politics, which we could get into, but it's not the funnest part of the job. (laughs) Yes. Well, we might get into that. Let me just keep going here. So is it courtesan or whore? Which which do you prefer? Uh, you can call me a whore or a, like a lunar whore. I don't know. What what makes you happy? Because <laughs> for me, it's also relational. It's like, what is the other person that I'm in dialogue with, comfy with? So I like to be called a prostitute or a courtesan or a lady of the night or a professional. I like courtesan. I really okay. like courtesan. For me, yeah. that- My best friend does too. It sounds very formal and proper and- I don't know why, and I don't take – it just sounds respectable. Yes, you know? it does. No. And Sherry's is a very classy place too. So that's the other reason that I like Sherry's Ranch is it's like, you know, we have our bar – especially if we're getting into comparison mode. No. Yes. Anyway. Classy yes. ladies. We're supposed to wear dresses. They taught me to wear more clothes. I was like, oh, okay. I see. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Adam, so you can peel them off. We did talk a little bit about why you chose to do this. It just sounds like something that you kind of naturally were always a little bit inclined towards. And then as you got older, it kind of became obvious like, hey, I could really do this. But how has your view on sex work changed now that you are doing this, if at all? Well, I'm learning so much. And I will say I was deep dive learning a couple years leading up to this, but I think it actually took me a full kind of like year and two months. It was December of this past year. So I had been working for a year and two months at that point when I was like, oh my God, that guy talked to me weird because he doesn't respect me because I'm a prostitute maybe. And it it's clicking into my body in a different way. I don't have a lot of assumptions that may seem really obvious to other people. And so it's interesting because I'm becoming aware of sort of like nuances in the hierarchy. You know, I also have a lot of friends who do porn and it's interesting seeing kind of the fluctuation between the mainstream porn industry and the brothel industry. And I think also just actually working there, my personal nervous system is like, it's great and normal to get money for sex. And actually the people who come in are, some of them are very nervous and some of them are very uncomfortable, but most of the people who come in are just like pretty casual about it. And then the more that I learn, especially about OnlyFans and Fansly and Sin Party and Just for Fans and Loyal Fans and all of the places, like people are very used to giving people money for sex related things. And yeah. we act like it's a crazy thing. I think that's the biggest surprise is I'm like, this is not unusual at all. <laughs> right. But we do this funny social dance of like, oh, I couldn't possibly. But I like to have a fun little secret. And I'm also learning that for some people, especially clientele that comes in, I was with one guy who was like, I have a prostitute kink. And I was like, oh, that's so hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was, you know, and at the, on the other hand, I was speaking with a man one day. This was the first time I ever got picked out of a lineup, you know, where we all march out and stand next to each other. And some people hate them and call them cattle calls. I love them because I'm like, I get to stand next to all the beautiful ladies and, and just like look at us. And I also have a rejection kink. So when I don't get picked, I'm like, mm, that's yummy too. But this was the first time that I did get Wait picked. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to stop you. A rejection kink? Totally. I don't know. It turns me on. A, what is it? And B, tell me about it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Maybe I need to start like adopting a rejection kink. I'm like, I didn't like me. What the fuck is wrong with him? Here's the thing. I think it's always good to have a healthy balance because sometimes I lean too far into it. And then, you know, I've had to work a lot over the past several years as I become aware of my kinks and my just self as I work on personal growth and therapy stuff to make sure that my kinks are conscious so that I'm not really unconsciously getting off on being poorly treated by partners. My background is as a performer and an actor. You get rejected all the time in that industry. And I made my peace with it really early on. But then I started getting a little too used to it everywhere. So I had this kind of like not the girl kink. And I have short hair right now. I am growing it out. It's very beautiful. But I used to have like long strawberry blonde, dirty strawberry blonde, beautiful hair. And I cut it all off because people would give me too much attention for only my hair. And I was like, you need to see all of me. You know, so I, I sort of have welcomed the like sadness of like not being chosen at times. Mm -hmm. So as a prostitute, that's a great skill because you don't get chosen a lot and it's very impersonal. So I love being at the brothel. I love talking to people. And for me, you know, I probably could be a little bit more of a salesperson and a hustler, but I'm not just there to chat people up. I definitely want to get laid and exchange body pleasures with the people that are the right for me clients. But it means that when I'm not the right for someone client, which is often because of numbers and math, 
I'm just like, oh, he went with her. And like, I also like have crushes on all the ladies I work, professional crushes where we don't, we're not allowed to fuck each other <laughs> while we're at work. I mean, allowed. I've heard stories. Well, you are, you officially can't get a, a, right? If you guys are doing, if in you're a party. doing. Oh, yes. Party. Well, that's that's yeah. the thing. They want us to keep all of our energy. And for... Keep that sexual energy bottled up for the parties to make them yes. really good. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> but just to finish the story that we started is like the one time that I did get picked, the one time I was trying to get a client on board with my kinks, I was like, well, that budget for what you want isn't normally what I work with, but I could work with you if you can meet me a little bit and throw in a little bonus for me. I just want you to call me a cheap little whore. And he got so mad, you know, so it's just the other end of the spectrum from the guy who's like, I'm consciously here. I have a prostitute kink. And the other guy that was like, how fuck it. Like he literally stood up in my room and was like, well, I've had enough of this bullshit. And he kind of like did, like <laughs> did that, like, like, and then he stormed out of my room. And so I've had a whole slew of experiences. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We're going to get into, I'm going to dig into some of these specific experiences a little bit later, but first I, so. Again, your friends and family know about this? Some of them, not all of them. The ones that I've encountered in person, naturally, I've made an effort to tell. I'm not big on secrets. They don't do a whole lot for me. I like being a secret. That actually might be one of my kinks. I don't know. But no, from my friends and family, the only person in my family who doesn't know is my dad. So my mom knows. My, ooh, are they going to be shy if I say that? Well, I think it's okay. We've decided my dad doesn't need to know. Like, Are your mom and your dad still married? Yeah. Oh, shit. But it's not like a big, dark secret. It's like he knows that I go to Pahrump. They can see we're in a family, find my friend. Like, they can see where I am. Oh, okay. They think I'm there doing, you know, my official story is I'm there photographing the ladies and okay. doing research for my sci-fi fantasy novel. Enter the Lunaverse, which I am yeah. writing. You know, I'm doing research for this novel and I'm following my interests and I'm making money. You know, photography has been my main money making job off and on since I took my mom's camera when I was 12. <laughs> I, and I've seen your pictures and they're beautiful. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yeah. I'm actually like, oh my God, how can I get her to work with me? I need somebody who has that creative yes. eye to take some good pictures. It's only a matter of time before we're on the same coast. Totally. I will be traveling this year. Totally. And yeah. that's the thing. It's not a lie. I do take pictures of the ladies when I'm there. I've been yeah. building trust for a while because I don't want to come in and be like, huh, I'm this artist. Let me let me right. just make this place better. But it's like, I've been just getting to know people. And now they're finally starting to be like, oh my God, yes. If Luna's in her room and she's not doing anything, like she does have her camera. She's probably working on an art project. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they no, come find I mean, you're deliciously creative. Thank and you. I wish I had like, I have like in one little fingernail, like that's about, that's oh, about. I'm sure you're like, fabulously creative. And if we sat in a room together for a day, I would point out all the ways to you, but I'm not going to, I'm not here to make you wrong. I'm just here to say it's only a matter of time before we take pictures of you. <laughs> yes. Well, I would absolutely love that. I would love to know how Luna's lens sees me. Yes. I also have taken pictures of my like anonymously of lovers or client lovers at the brothel. If they can't quite meet my budget or whatever, I have a Polaroid there. And so I'm like, will you do an anonymous erotic Polaroid for my personal spank bank in the future? And so that's like one of my <laughs> personal delights. I love it. Oh, I love it. That's fabulous. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Going back to your friends and family, what has been their response to this? Like, Uh, Oh, it's a whole range. You know, there's that most of them are supportive and curious. It's some mixture of like, oh, what? (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then, you know, people that don't know me as well will be like, whoa, that's awesome. You know, people who know me and maybe have a little more stake in fear, you know, of course, a lot of people, if they don't know better, they're like, are you going to get human trafficked? Are people going to abuse you? And I'm like, no, that's actually not what this is. And a lot of like legal prostitution narratives get intertwined with illegal human trafficking narratives and they're not the same issue. you know. And so a lot of religious groups will on purpose conflate those two things. And I'm not saying human trafficking is not an issue. I'm saying it's a different issue. And so once I kind of kind of explain and explain how actually safe it is and how When you look at brothels versus porn and you look at STI rates, and brothels are incredibly safe. There has not been a case of HIV from a brothel in the last quarter of a century. Like, there's nothing, I don't know how I could be having as much sex as I want to be having in a safer way. Part of what also led me to finally make the decision is that I got stealthed on Tinder trying to just casual fuck and get my needs met. You know, and stealthing for anyone who doesn't know is where a penis-owning partner removes the condom without the knowledge of the person with the hole he's fucking. So no! it's now illegal in California, but it wasn't. That that happened a few weeks after I got stealthed. And so I was like, I want to fuck. Hell? I have a big, long bucket list. And I want to be in a space where I know that if I need backup, security is right there. There are mechanisms in place so that I have secret panic buttons if I need them. And so once I explain the safety to people and how much I like it and how much it turns me on, it was funny to be like, well, mom, I'm really horny. Horny. (laughs) (laughs) But now that she knows. I'm getting dick down, mom. Yes. And, and like since telling her we've been closer than ever, you know, and it's very sweet and she's very supportive and just, she just, everyone just wants to know that I'm safe and happy. Yeah. And, um. It's been really fun to have a place to go to and they feed me food when I'm there. And it's like a little artist retreat where I get to have breaks to meet new friends and hopefully sometimes have orgasms and make money. So I don't have to stress in the rest of my life. And like, yes, the coming and going is a lot. And like, yes, there are ups and downs and you just don't know what each week is going to be like and the economy is shifting and all of that. But like, it's great. I love it. And so my friends and family, they're like, okay, that kind of makes sense for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Now, so give us like, if you can explain it, just like as much detail as possible, like a day in the life, you know, the process of going to the ranch and basically what happens when you're there. Okay. You might have to interrupt me because I can get too detailed, but I'll give you a little okay. overview of the week. Yes, please. So We arrive on a Monday or a Tuesday. You can arrive as early as a Monday. We get all of our testing done on a Tuesday. And we get to move into our room. We stay in one room for a week at a time, up to three weeks total. I don't do more than two weeks at a time because I have to be back to my cat. I have to be back to my artwork. I have to, you know, whatever. 
We get all of our testing. We clear by Wednesday morning. So that's when we're like officially on the floor. And that's when then we kind of get to decorate our rooms just like we like. Like I make mine very beautiful. I call it the Lunar Temple. Like I put up canopies. I put up fabrics. I paint Lunas. I call them my Lunas. They're circles. They're beautiful circle planets. And so I put those up everywhere because I really like to be in a nice environment. Yeah. And I am a person that thrives on daily routine. However, one of the fabulous things is that at Sherry's Ranch, Anything could happen at any time. So it's also this wonderful place where my dopamine system gets reset. I get out of screen holes. Like, yes, I do try to keep up with social media and I try to post. Sometimes I go through months without posting and I forget to tell people I'm there and I'm just dealing with walk-ins. But I I wake up in the morning and I drink my green drink and I usually like go outside to get sunlight in my eyes and I like walk around and move my human body. I go to the gym. There's a little gym there. So I usually work out on the bike or do some weights. And then I cold plunge and or get in the hot tub. Like I have my, I do my full morning routine. I often will work night shifts. We have loose shifts, you know, like we are independent contractors, but as a sort of courtesy so that we all can kind of like be in balance, we draw cards for day or night shifts. And so a lot of people want day shifts. I'm not very picky. I can work either one because I just try to work as much as possible when I'm there, but I also make sure to take as much care of myself as possible while I'm there. And I feel like if I get a request, I'm going to show up no matter what time of day or night it is. So I'm pretty loosey-goosey, but I often end up on night shifts because people want to like officially have the 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. because that's when you're responsible for going to, we'll get into the details of what these mean, but like a bar call or a lineup. So I do my morning routine. I'm not on shift. So if there's a bar call or a lineup, I can go, but I won't get like a talking to or in trouble if I don't go. You don't really get in trouble unless you're flagrant with it. But also if you're busy working and you need to take time for yourself, they are very understanding about like you're using your body to make money, take care of yourself. You know, there have definitely been some times where I had like a tummy issue or one time some vigorous sex accidentally went in the wrong hole and I was like in pain for two days. You know, luckily it was at the end of a tour. It was a total accident. It was in a two-girl party and the guy was so sweet but I definitely was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I oh, won't do that oh. angle again. You know, so they're very understanding. So it's anal off the menu for you? Well, so I love anal in my regular life. Officially at Sherry's Ranch, and I believe this is true for all brothels, officially speaking, anal is not an official offering. What? Because we don't get swabbed in our rectums and because they would wow. they would have to do testing in there and also and so we don't. So that's not an offering. And in the same way that fluid exchange is not allowed, you know, we always use barriers. We don't do kissing and I will say nobody is watching us in our sessions. They yeah. can listen in. They don't usually, but like they can check on us if they need to, you know, if for some, you know, whatever. They they have ways of checking on us. There are forbidden lunar craters that for the right <laughs> set of circumstances people may be invited into. We'll just say it that sure. way. There we I go. love that stuff. I really love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, like, I, can't, I know you. I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, oh, um, but, but because it is a higher risk offering, it makes sense that it's a luxury offering. You know, I have that as part of my porn star girlfriend experience package. Okay. Yeah. So I get ready in the morning. I go back to my room after my workout. I've had coffee at this point or I'm pouring a coffee. It depends on how hungry I am. You know, maybe I'll order breakfast and then go back and get ready. Or maybe I'll like order and eat breakfast right after the hot tub. Usually I go shower and just try to get ready as fast as possible. So this is 
In the morning or just it could be? It depends on your shift. What happens for me is this usually starts like on a Wednesday or Thursday for me, this will start around 7 or 8 a.m. By the time I get to the following like Monday or Tuesday, if I'm working night shifts, my sleep schedule has shifted. So, and it depends on when I book parties. So this may be happening beginning at 7 a.m. or beginning at like 10 a.m. You know, so I usually slide like it's a little bit like moving in a time zone, but it's okay. It's I've made my peace with it and I know how to shift my sleep schedule. So this really is a wide range, but I just sort of like to go in kind of the same order no matter when I wake up and start my day. And so then I get some breakfast, brunch, lunch, depending on what time, you know, this is happening again from 11 to one ish for me is usually when I'm eating my first meal. And okay, I want to know something. People are going to be like, why the fuck am I asking this? But I want to know about the food. No, because- everyone wants to know about the food. It's important. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want like crap. I don't want like like fast yeah. food, just highly processed crap. You know, I mean, I, I eat clean. Are you guys allowed to eat clean? That's what I want to so- know. I would say that if you know how to order correctly on the menu, there are things that you can get that make you feel really good. And there are also definitely junk food options available. I mean, I just don't want to like, nothing makes me, zaps my libido, I would say, like by a big old heavy calorie laden fattening meal, right? Totally. (laughs) However, I often love to after a party, like I love nothing more than like wandering out to the kitchen and like getting a hamburger. (laughs) Like that's that's different, right? That's different. That's just gratification. That's satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, so that's actually how I use it. I balance between I put good food in my body, I put I make sure to put enough vegetables, I'll get salads and you know, they're good about having things that give us nutrients there. I'll also bring sweet potatoes a lot and just like we have a little kitchen where we can cook out of. So I just like yeah. will bake a sweet potato in the toaster oven there. And that's like. I, I would be rolling up. Let me just tell you, I would be rolling up with my air fryer. Yes. My someone has one there. Yeah. I brought a blender that lives there now. And, <laughs> and then my little like mini like toaster oven. And yeah, I would yeah. be set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. They have, they have all those things in the little back kitchen. I'm too lazy to do air fryer thing, but there's a toaster oven out on the counter. So I'll use that often or even to just to like heat up a breakfast burrito. I and love getting breakfast because I need, I need, oh, I need that's green good. juice. I get too lazy to do the whole like juicing thing, but I definitely will pre-make smoothies in the summertime and then I cube them up. And so then I just bring my bag of smoothie cubes and then coconut water. You're good to go. Um, yeah, it's so good. I know. But- I just sidetracked this. Okay. So you're got your sleep yeah. figured out and a lot of salmon and steak for me, salmon and yeah. steak salads. And, and take us to like, okay, when you're ready, how do you pick out your outfits? Like, your is it based on how you're feeling, what your vibe is? Like, yeah. Where do you get all these fabulous clothes and outfits and everything? I buy them at a whole store called Shein or Shine or She. Every lady I meet, both at the brothel or in the regular real world, like we know this website. It's a you know fast fashion. But here's the thing: I wear the shit out of my fast fashion clothes, and then I sell them to people. Perfect. I just made an all things worn like. And if someone really likes something in a session and they have like spent a certain amount or if they tip me, then I may gift some panties or lingerie set as a thank you if they're Ooh, into that. Yeah, it's very, very nice. fun. I just pick out however I'm feeling that day. I bring a bunch of things. You know, I used to bring way too much stuff. Now I've kind of found my happy packing medium. Happy outfits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me too, a lot of it is like temperature. I don't like to be cold and I learned to wear dresses, but I'll go back and forth between like dresses and like lingerie and a coat or something you know like I, we have a whole range of self-expression it's just we only wear pants on Saturdays <laughs> so oh, okay. most of the time we're wearing either a dress you can wear just lingerie but basically that's 
to distinguish, just to make sure that like if a female client or customer comes in and that, you know, we want to make sure that they don't get mistaken for a lady. So we try to make sure that like, we look like we are the working ladies of this establishment. (laughs) That makes so much sense. Beautiful. Wonderful. So I also saw on your Twitter, I think it was on Twitter. I was scrolling down, looking at all the pictures and I saw one of the other courtesans there had on this super cute, like it was like Bambi and thumper dress or something, or it had like bunnies on it. Yeah. I'm like, where did she get that dress? I want that dress. There's so much cuteness. I know. Half of the thing, it's funny because I'm not actually a big clothes person in my regular life, but I have learned to appreciate so much about wardrobe from working at the brothel. And it's so fun to yeah. walk around every day and be like, oh, I love your outfit. Oh, no, no. You know, and yes. just being with the pretty ladies is so fun. Yes. Okay. So let's fast forward it. So, so the go- guys are coming in. What happens? You're, so you're- the day depends on, do you have appointments? Or are you going to be hustling the bar? And it's not a hustle. I love to like get journaling done in the bar. I read a book. I would, but basically you can wait in the bar. You can also wait in your room. Sometimes you can walk around outside. Like there are monitors in our rooms and kind of like around different places in the house. So I might be in the computer lab answering email. We have a computer lab with like literal, like old computer, like we sit there and answer our email. <laughs> so yeah. I love to do that. You know, and so if I don't have appointments for the day, if I do have appointments, I'm probably chilling and waiting for them. (laughs) And you never know if an appointment's going to show up, but you hope they do. And usually I've been emailing them ahead of time and getting to know them and they usually show up. But otherwise, I'm in the bar chatting to ladies or trying to conserve. I am very chatty when I'm there. It's where I get a lot of my like social connection needs met because I just love people. And to me, it feels like the sexiest grown-up summer camp. So I'll hang out in the bar and I'll either read or be journaling or be chatting to people. And then when people walk in, you know, we find out there's a whole system. They talk to the hostess, they get their IDs checked. It's a 21 plus place. And then it's kind of like speed dating if they are open, like if they're there looking for a lady, looking to party, if they don't have a request, if they don't have an appointment, then it, they're basically what's called open. And so then ladies take turns based on that's where it's like the, cultural, social parts of the bar. You know, I always try to make sure that whoever- That's what I want to know. Like, is everybody just like clamoring for to win over this one guy? Is there any kind of like competitive, like- We have a very lovely house. No, the management of our house makes sure they only really invite nice ladies. And yeah. if there are, we don't have issues with cattiness at Sherry's. That's why I okay. like being there so much. There are miscommunications that can lead to situations where maybe people need to kind of like talk to each other. And that that's happened. But for the most part, it's- the kind of like general consensus is like, okay, who was in the bar first? Are you going to go? You know, they they get first right of refusal. And again, sure. this is not official. This is just kind of like how we make eye contact with each other. But some ladies don't like going first. Like I'll always be an icebreaker. I love walking up and being like, hi, I'm Luna. Let me like orient you to everything. And so I love being a warm-up girl, but I'm also not a strong closer. And I, I'll even tell people that. I'll be like, I really like to get picked. I, I'm an excellent, I'm a fucking fantastic tour guide. Like if you actually want facts and some sexy stuff. Like I'm a great tour guide. So I tell people that, but I like people to have the whole experience of the brothel. And if someone is there needing to be like pushed and convinced into it, I'm probably not the right practitioner for them because I think consent is sexy. I think getting picked is hot. And if someone is so nervous that they need a more forceful woman, maybe I'll get there on my dom journey. Maybe I'll be able to like read those signals, but I also just say there might be some subtle teas, you know, things that you need to start picking up on. I'm just as a sidebar now that I have a little, no sub, I have a sub, but I have to really be mindful about that. Like 
I'm not the sub. I am the dominant now and I need to act as such, you know? So that sometimes that takes a little bit like, you know, when I'm thinking like about asking a phrasing something in the form of a question, instead, it's not going to be a question. It's going to be a statement. Yes. You know? Yeah. So instead of, would you like to go on a tour or are you ready to come back to my room? It's like, you seem like you want to go back to my room now. And that's just not something I've gotten into because I'm also like, have the experience. But I think also I am, I'm shifting. I'm actually also have just gotten so much better at reading people. I'm much better at kind of like intuiting what they want. And I also just take my time with people and it always works out. Like the people that are for me always find me. Yes. I love this. This is so, I'm enjoying this so much. I just have to tell you right now. It's it's the human, you know what? I love the way you're breaking all this down. And I know people are probably like, get to the sex. I'm getting it there. We're going to get there. (laughs) I want to put just the human side to this and you're just explaining it so wonderfully. And knowing the process helps the people's nervous system settle down so much. It's such an important part of it because most of the difficult situations I've encountered there with a client is just because their nervous system, you know, there's no information out there. There's very little information out there for them to know what to expect. Yes. Yes. I love that. And so, you know, you mentioned the lineup. How often do you do those? When is one, in, you know, called for? Depends. Okay. It just depends. A lot of it depends on who is Do they hostess. ring the bell like they did in like Cat House or whatever? Like that's the only thing I can draw on no, is that. Like- yeah, no, no. Um, we don't have a bell. We have like a red light, a red flashing light that goes off. And so we have three to five minutes depending on the room situation of the week. Usually it's three minutes to get to the starting position for the lineup. But there, we have an announcement. So they push a buzzer and throughout the whole house, unless your phone is accidentally on do not disturb mode in the room because you had a party and forgot to turn it off. I've done that a couple times. You hear, attention ladies, we have a lineup. All available ladies, we have a lineup. Thank you. That's the cue. That's like put on your lipstick. Yeah. or And all these beautiful women on. just come like trickling out. Yes. You hear yeah. thump, thump, thump down the hall depending on where you are. And like, I love it. We march out and we have our little way that we do it. It's really great. And that's nice for anyone who, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, some people think it's dehumanizing. I think it's a great way for someone who maybe gets overwhelmed by chatting with a lot of people speed dating style because it's a lot to have three, five, sometimes 10 women. You know, if a guy isn't ready to make a decision and there are ladies around because there are just these pockets. Like it's ebbs and flows. It's interesting how people will like get busy at the same time and then not be busy at the same time. And so sometimes guys have sat at the bar for an hour and a half talking to everyone because we get about 10 minutes to chat with them a little more if they buy us a drink. There is a timer that goes off at 10 minutes that we're supposed to be paying attention to. I try to get out of there. Like I try to get a good like seven to nine minutes. And then if we haven't okay. made a connection by that point, then it, oh, okay. I wish I didn't, them realize, I didn't realize that. Is that mm-hmm. like a courtesy thing so that other girls can, if it's like, it's like, yes. Hey, if this, maybe if this isn't moving along, then let someone else, you know, chat it's, with this. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a respect for everyone's time that works out in favor of all parties involved. You know, a client doesn't want to feel like oh, I don't know how to make this chick stop talking, you know? And right. and similarly, like, yeah, if there's a bunch of us waiting to chat with someone, we don't want them to take forever. However, if they're having such a good time that he wants to buy her a drink and they want to go do that, then like, it's fine. You know, it's, it's all fluid. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, okay. What types of services do you personally offer? 
<laughs> this is one of my favorite parts of when I go on the tour. So we have a general menu to spark people's inspirations. We always tell them not every lady does every item on this menu, but I say some of us do. Some of us are the kinkiest people you've probably ever met. You know, so obviously there are restrictions in terms of we are not allowed to do blood play. There is no, but if it's legal and consensual, I'm into it, especially if my partner is aroused by it. Now, that said, there is a whole approach to broaching brand new kinky or sexual things with a brand new person and the level of expectation that comes with the way someone talks to me in introducing all of that. But in general, if a person is respectful and polite and starts off talking to me like a regular human being, I am so up for whatever. You know, I'm up to explore the edges of things that are not officially like the forbidden crater like there are some things that that we can't officially legally say that we do but the standards most of the people who come there aren't super kinky i feel like kinky people are like getting it on in kinky fet life spaces and the people who come to sherry's are mostly looking for like a good fun time maybe a girlfriend experience there are some people i've had um who've come for looking for some role play you know like their partner like doesn't want to do the dress up thing or, or they're shy sure. or they want to be with someone who is trained as a performer and a sex fiend and wants yeah. someone to kind of like direct that experience but i love to do everything i love to do virgins i love being able to like give a little tutorial wait you love to do virgins yes i yes. okay yes. tell me about it. Well, I just wish I had had someone to be like, okay, I kind of did. It wasn't explicit. And, you know, I feel into the person because some virgins want just like the romantic, don't talk about the sex we're doing with me, just do it and give me the experience. But my favorite type of session is where I get to actually effortlessly, fluidly flip back and forth from like sexy tour guide mode to just like lover. You know, and I yeah. do that very because I might I like to kind of show them the four basic positions, but then all the variations and inspire their creativity. I like to show them also styles of communication that feel very comfortable and very in flow. And I also, in the longer experiences, I love to be able to sit with them and be like, here's how you get to figure out what kind of lover you are. You know, like here's the opportunity. Here's the opportunity to explore yourself yeah. differently with every single partner. I've also done one of my hottest so stories. What are your well? What are your favorite encounters? Before I mean, like, well, what let me. I have to. Thing? I have to tell you this virgin story. Okay. Okay. One of my favorite virgin stories was this kid only had a budget for like thirty minutes max, and I was being generous because it was his birthday. Yeah. And he came with his friend, who ended up going with my friend, like my best friend of the brothel, who happened to be like in the room next door and our beds were like on the walls next to each other. And he also booked a half hour party. So on the opposite sides of walls, we took their virginities and I got the birthday boy and it was so cute and sweet. And even in 30 minutes, I had plenty of, you know, not as much as I would like. I would always like more time. Let me just say that. I always want hours, like in my private life. My perfect sexual session is like oh, a seven, I eight, hours. nine. I love it. I love I it. I just want to feed me, touch me, do me you forever. It's like it should just be savored and enjoyed. Yes, I just and, love you it. Know, I love I mean, physical touch. Right, and who doesn't? I mean, yes, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, girl. So that was really fun, and he had such a good time, and it was still enough time to kind of like show him the basics and like send him on his way, and like such cuties. Okay, so that was a really positive experience. Any not so positive experiences for one reason or another, or maybe something gave you a moment for pause? I mean, I probably have way fewer stories than most people because I'm very assertive around my boundaries. I did have one drunk guy. Not, so here's the thing. Parties don't happen if someone is obviously drunk. 
there was a guy that it was not until he tried to lick my pussy without any protection that Uh I was like, oh, shit. When he said he had a bottle of wine, I think he meant it. Like, it was then that I was like, oh, he's not clocking things. So I had to shut that party down pretty fast. I'm really solid with bound. I mean, I didn't shut it all the way down. I could have. You know, if someone crosses a boundary, the party ends immediately. He was a little drunk, and I didn't think he was terrible at first. So I was like, okay, so I'm not going to do this part anymore, but we can stay here and do, you know, I'll keep going down on you, but, like, I'm not going to leave my ass near you because you lost your privilege, which is a very generous offering. But he went kind of, like, stiff, rigid, comatose. And so that wasn't – that's literally the only bad party that I've had. Yeah. Um, And he was very upset afterwards. He was like, whoa, this is the – silliest amount of money I've ever spent on. And I was like, well, we were both part of that experience. So, you know, it didn't have to be that way. (laughs) Um, But mostly I have amazing, incredible experiences. Okay. So any, any truly just funny moments? Cause I love when you can laugh during sex. (laughs) (sighs) So many, I don't know. Like, is it lighthearted and giggly? I mean, I am pretty lighthearted and giggly. I mean, I match the tone of the people. I think my clients are most likely to laugh in moments. Like the things that stand out to me are (laughs) like, I do use a timer, especially if I've booked a quickie because I fully lose track of time during a session. So there have been moments where like, I'm getting fucked really good and the timer goes off and I'm like, no, (laughs) you know? And like, um, and so that usually gets a laugh or like, Sometimes I get so enthusiastic and turned on that I kind of trip over myself. Or sometimes it's just the reaction to like looking at their naked body that makes someone like laugh because I love working in a brothel because it's the place that I can be so openly effusive and it's welcome. Whereas with casual dating, people couldn't handle me for most of the time. And the ones that did were kind of narcissists. So this is just feels like delicious appreciation all the way around. Are you having orgasms? Are you getting off? Are you using toys? I mean, like, yeah, are you sometimes. making sure that you're, yeah. Or is it just, is it a mutual exchange or is it just kind of like, Hey, it's all about the client making sure they're. I mean, for me, no, it's always a mutual exchange. If someone's touching me and if I like someone enough to put my physical, personal body all over them, of course it's mutual for me. And I'm also a service submissive at my heart. So I become a service top at the brothel because the job requires me to lead. but. I always get off on it. If I don't have an orgasm during the session, I masturbate to it later. One of the things about my brain that I have learned both in my personal and professional life is that when I'm in a new experience and it's really heightened, I get so excited. My brain tries to like capture every detail so I can, because I I journal about all of this. Every single encounter, I journal about oh, extensively that, later. Oh, like I lo- I'm like you. I love documenting the experiences. They turn me on so much, and then I'll come to that. But sometimes I'm paying so much attention, or like I'll get so focused on the different cocks that I see, or the different pussies, or the couple that like my nervous system is too overloaded for me to orgasm in the moment. But it doesn't mean I'm not aroused or receiving because I love being touched. I need to be touched. And in fact, I'll take touches from people for free. You know, so kind of what I tell them in a negotiation is I sit next to them on the couch and I'll often find a physical way to touch them. Or like sometimes even if we're, yeah, no, 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 we're not really allowed to touch people out in the world, but sometimes we can like pat them in the bar or something or like look at a hand, but touch is part of, I was like, you know, so I'm like, all right, even if we don't end up working together, we both get a little oxytocin here. Yeah. And so that means that when I do come during a session itself, 
it's usually a wonderful surprise. And I tell people specifically that I chase their orgasm, not, no, sorry, opposite. I chase their pleasure, not their orgasm. And sometimes in the process of chasing pleasure, orgasms happen. And I love that. But I am a low pressure, just love to come together and see what happens. And if orgasm is their priority, they're responsible for their orgasm. I can't make a body come. I can do a lot of things to facilitate and it usually pretty much happens. But if someone is like locked up in their brain and heart and not in touch with their body, there's nothing I can do. But yeah, I I would say I come like half the time. That's a really random made up. I come a lot and not always during session. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Now the big question, let's talk about the money. I cannot not ask you, although it may feel invasive. Are you comfortable sharing that aspect of it? Is it lucrative? You know, best week, worst week? Like how much does it cost for like an hour of the girlfriend experience? Uh Okay. So I'm not allowed to talk explicit numbers here. Okay. But what I prep people with is we have six, five, four, and three figure experiences available. Luxurious experiences cost luxurious prices. Stuff is available for almost any budget. We do have house minimums that are, uh, I don't know if I'm actually allowed to say those out loud, so I'm going to err on the side of caution. There is a house minimum, so there's a certain number that we can't book a party below, like we just can't, they don't process the transaction. It has more to do with the expectation of the person coming in. Let me ask this, is the minimum north or south of $500? South. Okay. And like if you're doing a maybe like a girlfriend experience for an hour, would that be? So everyone has different offerings. We're all independent contractors. It depends on. So here's the thing. (laughs) For me, my girlfriend experiences, it would take a lot for me to do a one hour girlfriend experience. The whole point of having a girlfriend experience is that you can take time. I like to do them for three. and. What a lot of, not all ladies, but what some ladies include in their girlfriend experience is kissing, which we don't include because fluid exchange is not on the table. If I'm going to take the risk to exchange germs with someone in a way that could get me a cold, that could make it so that I can't work for the rest of the week or month, it has to be a number that makes it worth that. Right. Exactly. And okay. I will just say people are often What do you like to make a week? What do I like to make a week? Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I love to make millions of dollars a week. <laughs> that hasn't actually <laughs> happened for me at the brothel. It averages out. I've had really really lucrative fantastic weeks that were just like high roller situations one after another and I love I I will just say when people spend at the upper limits of their budget, they value the experience more. I have sure. absolutely no yeah. incentive to you invite really someone. Bargain basement pussy. No, not at all. I, well, right? and, and when someone's trying to get me to fuck them for the amount that is less than I pay my massage therapist in Los Angeles, I'm like, what are you thinking, baby? Also, like we split 50% with the house. We have to pay $130 for testing every single week. We have to pay $150 a quarter for the sheriff's guard. We have to pay $46 a night for room and board. Like I have to pay a cat sitter. I drive there. Like it's not nothing to show up. And also people who are offering the lower budgets tend to be the abusiver ones. I don't get them because I- 
you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. And so I want people who want to have an experience that they are going to value. And it just brings up the high vibes, you know? But again, Sherry's has a lot of classy people coming in. And also yeah. there are people who sometimes, you just don't know. You don't know yeah. until you get there. But yes. I would say anyone who wants to have a good time, save up. And if it's a luxury vacation, you know how to budget for a luxury vacation. Right. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, not, it's not hundreds, it's thousands. I mean, for me, if I'm doing a luxury vacation, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, you're going to be spending some money. It's interesting too, because I met a lawyer dude who clearly had a lot of money, you know, and I, it, I don't know what people think I'm going to respond to when they're like, well, I have the money. I just don't want to spend it on you. It's like, well, okay, then get out of my room. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, we can make that happen. There's the door. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's very interesting. Cause I'm like, why do you want to spend less money on the person whose body you want to penetrate than you spend on your fancy fucking dinner in Las Vegas. Like what? Like how much did you spend your flight out here? You can get it cheaper in Amsterdam. Go fly to Amsterdam then. You're in my room, dude. (laughs) I know. Like just be nice. I don't know. Appreciate me. So I also personally try not to make less money than I would as a photographer. Like that's kind of my thing. It's like I need, and I was a nice photographer. So (laughs) yeah. You are a nice photographer. I cannot say enough about your photography. It's gorgeous. So what's been your best week financially? Oh my gosh. It was so good. It was so good. I can't say the number out loud, but it was it was a really good five figures. And it was a really nice one. And if I made that every week, I would be <laughs> retired soon. <laughs> yes. Okay. Five figures being north or south of 10 grand. It was a really good five figures. <laughs> it was definitely not the bottom of five figures. <laughs> Listen, Luna, I want to respect. I totally, am- I want to respect your boundaries, but I also don't want to. I know the heat on my inbox is going to get if I don't actually redirect yeah. and try to like, yeah, try to ask the question again another way. So, totally fair enough. No, it's good. Fair enough. I mean, here's the thing: it's really delicious when those higher people are just curious you no know, people are curious and my best week ever i will i do just want to say the re- the only reason that amazing week happened is cuz i was brought into some two girl parties by some yeah. bomb ass babes who have been just fucking doing amazing actually i can can i give a sh- shout out to the babe that Absolutely. helped me make it? okay sky Bomb ass babes. Yeah. Uh, Sky was fully responsible for helping me make that much money that week. And, you know, I was sitting at the bar working on one of my journaly projects, and the hostess came up and was like, Luna, Sky needs you. And she dropped a big party where I was just an add on for a two girl, and it was a BDSM session, and I was the second dominant. So I came in as the soft top sensation giver, like the one that was just checking in with him. And we had. Literally, I think it might be one of the best, certainly the best BDM session where I've ever been on top, but like, holy fuck, it was one of the hottest things I have ever done. And as it was happening, like this this whole thing took place in like 90 minutes-ish, there was a huge storm. And this was in October, so we had like the whole place was like decorated. There was a pirate ship up on the waterfall outside the pool, and like yes. there was this crazy big windstorm. The power went out like while we were all climaxing, and then we came out, and the pirate ship was in the pool. And I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> we were just that hot!" That was your powerful energy right <laughs> so there. Powerful, yes. yeah, yeah. I love it. Now, tell me about you mentioned earlier, just like some of the, like you said, there's some very luxurious packages. Like, yeah. what would be like a 
blowing it out, like top of the line experience at Cherries? Well, it depends on the person and their proclivities, but I would say the things that tend to be the most luxurious are long amounts of time and or some of the specialty rooms. So we have this place called Playland, Sherry's Playland. There's a classroom, there's a living room, there's a bedroom, there's two different locker rooms. And then there's, when you walk in, there's like a desk and then a big, a boss's office. So you could be like the big bad boss or the naughty secretary or both or switch. (laughs) Do you feel my, do you feel my naughty boss? I sure do. I feel, I feel those cat eyes so hard and that's, yeah. So I've gotten to play in there a few times and there's also a jacuzzi and a sauna. So it's this gigantic grown-up Disneyland. I'm always trying to yeah. get people to go in there and have sex parties. You know, so that if you spend a few hours in there can be a really, really nice time. Sometimes people want something a little more chill and they just want to stay in a bungalow. We have five themed bungalows. There's the 60s bungalow, the safari bungalow, the King Arthur bungalow, the Roman bungalow, and the Arabian Nights bungalow. I like them all. The 60s has a circle bed. Arabian Nights has a magic lamp you can rub and sometimes stuff shoots out. That's where someone might, if they want a more intimate experience, they might do their girlfriend experience there or they might do an overnight. So an overnight is really, really yummy. Sometimes people want sleeping during an overnight. Sometimes they don't. Again, that's all part of what is negotiated (laughs) during your actual, where you're making the decisions about what you want to do. And Anytime you want to add a lady, stuff gets more luxurious. So two girls, three girls, four girls, little orgies, like those are great ways to really celebrate big. (laughs) Yes, I love that. And it sounds like, and you also mentioned earlier too, like everyone's staying safe for workers, like workers and clients. It sounds like the rules are there to preserve and protect that. Yeah. We have high safety standards. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm so sad it has to end. Are you craving more content with me? Don't worry, I've got you covered. Go even deeper with me on my private podcast. You get four additional episodes a month published every Friday, revealing outtakes from my super private personal audio journal, things said after the show, but when I'm still recording, the inside scoop on who's been naughty and who's been naughtier, bombshells I've kept to myself this whole entire time, things I can only talk about with a more intimate group of listeners and additional surprise bonus content so hot it makes even me blush. So when you finish this episode and you're still craving more, please allow me to satiate you. Just head over to thecuriousgirldiaries.com and click on exclusive or click on the link in the show notes. All right, on with the show. Just refresh my memory. Do you, what do you call it? Do you call it a booking or a party? Both. It's a booking. It's officially called a party, but you have to go book a party. Okay. What is the process for a customer who wants to come see you? If they want to see me, I always advise them to make an appointment with the office ahead of time so that I can know to expect them and so that I don't try as hard to pick up other people when I know that they're like literally on their way to me. If they're patient, they're welcome to just walk in and then wait for me. But if they want to see me, it's just better for everyone's time if they like give me a heads up. So if they're looking for me They walk in, they have their appointment, they let the hostess know. If they don't know who they're looking for, if they want to talk to ladies, they can look at the menu. We have a rotating screen that, or a a screen of rotating photos in the bar that is like the menu of the week, you know, so they can make a request from that. And then they get to chat with the lady, they go back to the room. So it's only in our room on the day of the party at the ranch that we discuss specifics of activity and price. So that's where I'm like, okay, so how do you want to have fun? You know, like, what are we doing here? (laughs) And that's when we start to talk about kind of their, what their most important needs are and how they want to get them met. And we collaborate together to find something that works for both of us. 
And then we go to the office and book it after that. But first, health and safety first. Between the time we come to an agreement and the time we go to the office to book it and make it official with money, we do what is called a dick or pussy check. So this is safety first. We visually inspect the genitals because we have to no make- shit. Oh yeah, yeah, safety first. And I don't know why this I want this to be a, a standard of practice. Like I want to kind of like see if we can get all of the executives at Tinder and all the dating apps to be like this should be a standard casual dating practice is like we inspect each other's genitals. Like animals sniff each other. So this is where I call it a little role play and I tell people I'm like, you know, so that I don't tell them this until after we've come to an agreement, but once we were like I'm like, okay, so we'll do this and we'll do it for this. And we do have to in the room say out loud the activity and the price so that when we go back to the office, the office people know, you know, we're receiving and giving as much money as we agreed in the room so that nothing sneaky happens. So we say it out loud and then I say, "Okay, congratulations now." I just need to go look at your penis or look at your vagina, you know, and then I I take them to my bathroom where I have my alcohol swabs and I put on gloves and I'm like, this is my favorite part. Like, this is where we actually, I know this can be awkward for some people, but this is where the turn on starts. I love looking. This is just a quick little hello. You get a little built-in role play, a little medical role play. So I put on my gloves. I have black, the gloves that are non-latex and I swab all around. So if they are a penis owner, I swab first on all of the skin around. I swab their balls. I get to the perineum. I swab up and down the cock. And I'm looking for any flinches. It's an alcohol-covered wipe. And I'm also just looking for bumps, sores, anything like that. And then I tug down on the penis. No late-stage syphilis. Great. Okay. You know, and so if, if everything looks good, then we're good. If everything doesn't look good or if there's a concern, if I have enough knowledge to let them know, I just tell them right away. Like, I don't necessarily call for another lady if I already know that they didn't pass the inspection. I let them know what I'm seeing and what they need to do to take care of themselves. And so there's no judgment. There's no shame. It's just to make sure that, like, I can't fuck someone with a yeast infection. And a lot of guys who have foreskins have not been properly taught to wash. So I keep trying to find like a sex worker dude friend with a foreskin to like make a washing video, but I might just make one with a sock or something. I don't know. That's probably the most common reason I've had to turn people away. And, you know, and it's, it's tough because it's one of those things that then people will get all body shamey about it. And it's just like, well, you don't, you know, that's a shitty way to have to learn about that, especially when you're ready to pay X amount of dollars. And it's like maybe the more money than you've ever spent on yourself in your life. And then you can't because you have a yeast infection. So So that's the final step before going to actually book it and make it official. And there are no refunds. (laughs) Once you're booked, you're booked. Right. The dick and pussy check. So like literally people should be doing this out in the wild. Don't you wish? I do. Yeah. And it's hot. And it's so hot. You are making me think now. I'm like, how can I start incorporating this? I mean, usually, you know, it's not like I'm just running wild and just grabbing people, ripping people out the street. But- I've done it. Wait, well, so I've started working this into my personal life sessions. You know, not every yeah, lover I know knows that I'm a prostitute right away. You know, it's not something I'm still figuring out when and how to tell people that. And like now I'm seeing lovers where I'm like, no, if I'm going to fuck you for free, like I want you to understand the value that you're getting here. <laughs> let me, let me start. Has this changed your perception on fucking for free? Do you view it differently now? Well, it's made me keenly aware that not only do I have a rejection kink, I have a total degradation kink that I've been unconsciously fulfilling in all of these ways, choosing partners who don't appreciate me. You know, now that I've been so deeply appreciated with both energetically, like money is just energy. And I have gotten the actual money from people who then show me with how they treat me, how valuable I am. 
So it's completely changed my personal life in that, like, I only put up with abusive behavior in, you know, explicitly consensually negotiated scenes. (laughs) And that's been a big shift for me and a huge joy. But in my personal private life, I have kind of, yeah, I don't put on the gloves or do the alcohol. I probably could. Um, But I absolutely do a visual inspection. But I also, in my personal life, have already had the conversation about health and safety, which we don't have with clients. And I, I think that could really up-level the brothel industry as if like, people got testing passes. You know, because it's it's funny because people are like, oh, a whore, you could be so dirty. You know, that's a lot of the whore-phobic stuff out there. It's like, oh, you're going to give them all these STIs. It's like, well, actually, straight dudes, a lot of married straight dudes are the highest We're carriers. We're getting them from you. Yes, because who's had the more frequent regular STI tests? Usually not the straight married dudes who are like sneaking around. That's just just to normalize everything. It's like, just just get tested regularly. You know, I do encourage anyone who's going to go visit a brothel, get tested. Like, just keep everyone's health and safety in mind. It's yours. It's yours. Get tested regularly. Yes, absolutely. So do you see sex workers and the, you know, and the people that hire sex workers any differently now that you're, you're doing this than before when you weren't doing this? I think I just had a big blank spot from the before. Like the way that I kind of envisioned the unknowns in my mind is just like, oh, I gotta go learn about that. And I I think I have a lot of like clear focus on who these people are. And they're just people. They're people who are actually some of the most loving, open-minded, like right with themselves, no bullshit people I have ever met. Like our house mom, Dina, is one of the like most fiercely protective but also gentle leaders that I've ever met, and she's interesting. And then some of the other ladies who I work with, it's such a breath of fresh air because most of my personal experience with how sexual I am in my life and how much I love to talk about sex with my friends is I get a lot of like, oh, Luna, or what, you know, they use my other names, but like, ugh. Luna, don't, it doesn't always have to be about sex. And it's only through working with other sex workers that I'm like, oh, that really is just fully their own discomfort. And like, this is a gift. And also when I'm around people who like love to fuck or at least like love to make other people happy or love that, you know, whatever their version of loving this job is, there's no judgment. It's a place of permission and real human connection, which is interesting too, because sometimes when I'm with clients there, I have been able to reach higher levels of connection in a 15 or 30 minute session or an hour long session than I have in some of my, like the casual sex that I've had, like in casual sex. And it's almost like they're like, can't let you know I'm a person. And I don't like that. I think that's boring. But in the sessions where people are like, oh, you're a prostitute. You're not really real. You're not going to come into my life. I can like, just like dump out all my secrets. I at least like having the intimacy. So I think that that's, you know, and I think people crave it. They just need spaces to have it. I think what I've learned about sex work, both the people who use it and the people who receive it and everyone who gets off on it, business is just a way for us to connect with each other with boundaries that make us feel good. It's just another service, but it's also like the most personal thing in the whole wide world. But it's like the intimacy part of it. The physical part is different from being a photographer, but the intimate parts aren't. We're just getting to know each other in this way that we agreed upon. Right. No, I love that. Oh my gosh. So where are you going with this line of work? That's a great question. How long do you think you're going to do this? Is there an end game, end goal? I mean, how does it all fit into your big picture? 
It's a great question that I haven't given specific thought to. Like, I hope to continue as long as makes sense is the answer that I give people when they write to me. I don't think I will go as frequently for the rest of forever. I think in the next couple of years, maybe I come two, three, four times a year for a couple weeks at a time. But that's just because I have a lot of other stuff that I'm working on. And I'm, you know, I'm getting very much into erotic online content creation. My background is as a filmmaker. And there's just a lot that I want to create. So I'm just going to have to figure it out. I don't know if I'm going to connect my Luna identity to my filmmaker identity or not. Like, I, there's a lot of big unknowns, but I fucking love going to the ranch. So as long as I possibly can and it makes sense, I'm going to keep going back at some point. You know, and my dates always show up on the calendar. I'm just not consistent. You know, a lot of the ladies are like, I do the first week of every month. or like, I do two weeks on and two weeks off. I'm more of a tornado. <laughs> yes. So if you you could wave your magic wand and create a completely sex positive world. What would that look like? Oh my gosh. Well, big question. Wow. Okay. It's funny because the version of this question that I think about most often is how to transform this world. Not like we're in the end goal. I mean, I guess it's not that different. I really wish that brothels were an oasis that was more like a sex camp for the whole family. So like Kiddos get to go to a arts and crafts oriented, safe, family friendly space. You know, there's that hotel over there, that part of the camp. And they are basically taught Waldorf or Montessori style, you know, given a foundation where we get to learn boundaries and emotional communication. And we touch things with our hands and we're together in community in person. I think for me, a lot of what I see in the sex positive world could be solved by just coming back together in spaces but with permission, with clear rules and permission. So I love the idea of a big space where, okay, so the kids are over there at camp and the grownups are over here getting support in whatever the way they need. Because what I'm also realizing through sex work is everyone is just at their own level. Like everyone's at their own place in learning. Everyone's at their own place in comfort. And we don't know, we don't have a language for talking about that really, barely. If you're someone who's like super schooled in sex positivity, maybe, Otherwise, we're pretty much just projecting that everyone else thinks about sex the same way we do. And the more that I talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm sure you can relate, the more I'm like, they all have such different assumptions. And so I dream of a space where single and partnered people can work with professionals in whatever capacity makes sense for them. Because the other thing that I hear a lot, like probably the number one fantasy I hear from couples is wanting a threesome. You know, people come seek me out because I'm a great unicorn. And also because like I have short hair, so I don't, you know, threaten beauty standards. And also because I'm fun and learned. But it's like, what if there was a place where people knew they could go to have a safe, good threesome that wasn't so stigmatized as a brothel? Like, you know, I think the land of sex positivity, testing is easy and rampant. The conversations that we have I guess there would have to be for it to like be smooth in humanity. There would have to be some sort of like agreed upon. These are the social steps of closeness to get to eroticism, you know? So of course that's different for everyone, but I think there could be language, like a language framework that is flexible enough and widespread enough with the right amount of like, I don't know, educational entertaining movies to teach us all to talk about sex. And so that's my future sci-fi sex ed fantasy musical. <laughs> I, know. I, love it. I love it. So, okay. This question was not on my list, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway, before I get to my last and final question. Okay. Would you share, would you be willing to share like a small little excerpt from your journal about <gasps> an 
an encounter. Would you read oh it out loud? Oh, my God. Yes. Let me see if I can find – let me find – it's going to take me one second to find the one I want okay. to find. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Sneaky. <laughs> so I know. a little background on these journals. I actually sent them to my best friends and family for the first several tours I did because I like wanted to make sure that I was anchored in love when I went because I just didn't know what to expect. I was like, this might be the dumbest thing I've ever done. I don't know. Like maybe I'm not cut out for this. So they were called my champion journals, but they have just turned into like, oh, it's just so fun to document. Okay. Let me see. There's one I remember kind of recently that my best friend, I still send them to my best friend and she loved it. So I'm looking for that one. Okay. Okay. I might skip some of this while I'm reading, but it'll just be for, okay. So, oh no, it just went away. Hold on. Let me, let me pop it out. You really are like a Julie Andrews uh, doppelganger from Sound Isn't Music right funny? now. Isn't it funny? It is so funny. Fanny. I'm, I'm telling like, you, you should get her a little outfit. And right? There, and do it. there should be some Julie Andrews <laughs> Sound of Music fucking going on. <laughs> fucking musical. A re- reboot. <laughs> okay. Luna style. Luna style. I know, right? Well, maybe maybe I'll do like a porny nun thing with this Julie Andrews hair. <gasps> Go do a corny, corny oh Julie God. Andrews or a Mary Poppins. Oh my like, God. You know, this is what these, these That's maybe so some funny. of your clients you grew up with. This is probably going to be like <laughs> super hot for them. Okay. I have found the part of this entry that I think will be interesting. Okay. So I was writing back to John on OnlyFans while Natasha shot nudes on her bed, and I have to say, I love that sort of co-working. And then we saw a guy on the monitor, and I thought at first that it was the dude from the lineup earlier, the one that we had back-to-back, but it was not. Natasha put clothes back on, and we wandered down to have our turns talking with him. Cameron and Presley had already gone when we got there. Jacqueline was chatting him up when we arrived. Cameron said he was from New York, maybe had an accent. He had some of the most beautiful man skin I have seen in a while. It was kind of hard to talk to. He'd respond. Here and there, there were short answers. I think maybe now he was nervous. I was projecting whorephobia after I walked away, encouraging Natasha to go for it. Maybe he likes blondes. I asked him about his skincare routine and said something weird, I think along the lines of wanting to pet his face. And was the rest of him as soft? He was in town for a convention, something about general products, just looking at general merchandise. And I was like, ah, the intimate object version of here. And he smiled and said, but here I will buy something. And then I said, whatever lady he picks will be a very lucky one. And beyond that, I got that he was like from the East Coast and suburbs. And I was telling him how I'm a little bit more extreme. I go to the country or the middle of city. That's pretty much as far as we got. I went into the kitchen with Natasha. And while she heated up her leftovers, I was drafting up a FetLife post about something I'm not going to say here because it'll give me away. And Vera, the hostess, came in and said I had a request at the bar. And even though she was looking at me and talking to me, I really could not process this. He requested me. I was shocked and curious and reminded myself that once again, I have absolutely no idea who will or won't pick me. I got him to my room and I asked if he had ever done anything like this before and told him that we could work with a menu or just verbally. He wanted to see the menu. I was very charming and relaxed. I think the most relaxed I've ever been in a negotiation and I still could not apply the genius of a mentor that I recently was talking to. But I did get him up to a XYZ, you guys can't know what I got for this 15-minute quickie door-to-door. But I did not start the timer until I was all set because 
I liked his cock and his skin and his softness. And by the time we got to the end of the negotiation, I could tell that he was just a shy sweetie and I was very excited to fuck him. And he was so easy and hot. And I didn't realize until he came out of the shower that he was actually Orthodox Jewish, not Eastern European pretending to be from New York. He had a very sweet, strong, grounded energy. I think he was actually a little shorter than me, but he was so playful and he seemed to like my silliness. Oh, (laughs) during the negotiation, I'd even taken him into the bathroom to show him my lowest offer. I do a thing where I will like bend over the sink so that we can like watch ourselves fuck in the mirror as like the ultimate quickie. But he wanted the bed and he was willing to meet me. And I'm so happy because I like beds better too. And although I would like to try the bathroom thing, he did offer to make my bed for me since I told him it was part of the hassle, which I thought was adorable. He was soft all over. When he came out of the shower, I was surprised to see his curls. He'd been wearing street clothes and a hat covering them up. And I got really excited, (laughs) just like I do when they're naked. I had him pull my skirt off and then had him go to bed because I realized that I needed to pee. And I not so gracefully snapped off my bodysuit. I always forget to unwrap myself luxuriously. And I'd let him help me take the top off, touching my skin, getting him eager. And then I told him to stay right there and think about how these titties are going to be all over him soon. And soon he would be inside me and I would be right back. I basically came back and pounced because he was very good on our walk to the office. I gave him more time. He wanted to know what wife for a year would be. I thought it over and said he was reasonable. Okay, so I set the timer for 15 minutes. It was the hottest quickie I've had in ages. His touch was gentle but firm, but somehow he figured out that I liked things rough. I don't know if we share the same definition of rough, so I said, I do, and we're just getting to know each other, and I put his hand gently near my shoulder and made him squeeze there instead of my throat. We naked humped first. He was instantly hard against my leg and was really nice, had a nice, straight, good-sized cock. After a little bit of touching, I asked if I could ride him, or did he want to ride me, whatever he wanted. I had also primed him quite well when I pounced onto the bed. I looked at him and said, I am so excited to have you inside me, and it was true. What was also true is it's been weeks since I have been penetrated and your cock is amazing and I am very attracted to you. Yeah, that was a week where all my first parties were penetration-free ones and I was so fucking horny. And it was all true. That's why I love being me here. That's why I love getting to find the people that really are for me that I can remember I don't have to hide myself. It's so easy and it feels so good. We had great physical chemistry. His skin was so soft. It was so perfect all over, but he felt so solid still. Very, very manly. I wanted to kiss him. I didn't, but we got intimate with our necks. When it came time for penetration, when he wanted to be on top first, we found our rhythm. He didn't rush things. I let the insertion be slow and he was just happy. And then when he asked if I could put my legs together, he did this super hot thing I don't know if anyone has ever done before. I was lying against the bed, ass down, belly up, and he slid one hand around each cheek, cupping it and steering each thrust with it. It was so fucking hot. I grabbed his ass back. I ran my nails up and down his back, and then he asked if I would turn over. And I was like, tall doggy, flat doggy? And he wanted me down, flat, which I loved so much. And I asked him again sweetly if he would just make sure to pay good attention to the condom since it's harder for me to see from that angle. And he took such good care of me and we found such a delicious rhythm. And his right hand came up to my shoulder and ended up kind of holding hands with him in this like very intense way. And his left hand invited, I invited his thumb into my mouth while he was thrusting and I just kept sucking it like a tiny cock which really turns me on, especially when kissing is not an option. And he moved his right hand to touch me while I was coming, and I was so happy. And I had lots of almost orgasm shivers, but I was just so happy and kept recording everything in my brain. I asked then, after he came, if he would stay on top of me for a second. My autistic self loves that compression, and he was just the perfect size. And then I asked 
if he wanted to shower again after we took the condom off. But he just went to watch up. He wanted to leave my smell on him and asked if we could cuddle a couple more minutes. He did and then needed to get back on the road. And he was putting his clothes on as the timer went off with one minute to go. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Ooh, that is hot. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share. Oh, thank you so much for sharing and doing all of this. Luna Robbie, tell everybody where they can find you. <laughs> you can find me on the Sherry's Ranch website. You can go there and search Luna Robbie or sherrys.net slash Luna Robbie. You can find me on Twitter at Lunar Secrets. I also have a website, lunarobbie.com. And I will put all those links in the show notes so everybody can find you. They should find you. You are just a lovely, lovely human being. Thank you, Layla. Oh my gosh, this was so fun. Yeah, I I hope I spread some knowledge. (laughs) You absolutely did. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'm just, I'm going to be basking in it all day. But if you guys want to reach out to me, you know where you can find me. Go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com. I love, love, love your voicemails. Please leave them as many as you want. You have five minutes per voicemail. You can just leave them back to back if you need more time. Let it rip. I get back to everybody personally, and I love it so much. All right, everyone, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.